I know, I know, online dating. Why would I interview an expert in online dating? Because it's the way things happen these days. Because lots of people have met great partners and friends and long-term relationships, even spouses, dating online. If you're scared of it, but you want to put yourself out there and meet somebody, give this a lesson. Lisa Copeland has all of the strategies that you'll need to do it well and to do it safely because we don't want anybody out there getting scammed. We just want you to feel good about it and have success. Join us. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, we're going to talk about dating. Do not leave the room if you're one of those people who would love to do it, but you think it's going to suck or you're afraid or you feel like you're too old. Stay with us. My guest, Lisa Copeland, is an expert in dating over 50. She's going to help us. So, Lisa, welcome. Hi, Greg. It's so nice to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to be here with you because... Heck, it's a big topic. So many more people are having what I just read about is uh, midlife divorce, later in life divorces and or separations from long-term partnerships. And I interviewed a woman who lost a spouse but met somebody during COVID and actually all in the past year and a half got engaged and is now married. And all of that happened online during COVID. And so that should give other people some hope. But tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get to be this dating expert? I will tell you that. But first of all, yes, a lot of my clients safely found amazing men during COVID. And even now people are more serious. They don't want to be so alone. Yeah. And people, you know, you, you want to be safe. We could talk more about that later if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, we want to be safe. You want to be safe. But it's yes, they've gotten themselves into amazing, amazing relationships during COVID. So um, it's good. That's good news to start with. Yeah. Okay. So how did I get into this? Yeah. Well, I was married. I had two marriages, one for 24 years. That's the my children's father. And then I was in a marriage based on total chemistry. And I have so many clients say to me, oh my God, I have to have initial attraction. I have to have chemistry. And the problem with chemistry especially if it's really intense, it is not sustainable. Yeah. And he and I, we got married too quick and we were, um, we still had amazing chemistry, but there was no friendship mm. in the relationship. So I would say almost two years to the day we got married, we separated. And I took time to heal and came out of that thinking, you know what, I got to find someone. I was in my early 50s. I got to find someone that can help me with this process. But the only people out there were young coaches, like men in their 20s and 30s. And I'm thinking, 
what do they know about what it's like to date in yeah. their 50s and the, our body images and how we feel about ourselves? And so I call my sister up sobbing, saying, I'll never be in another relationship again. I can't find someone to help me. And she said, you are like one of the most resourceful people I know. Just start to figure it out. And so that's what I did. And I, I found a friend said to me, you know, we can't get a date if our life depended on it. And you are having the best, best, best time. What are you doing? And then I came upon a statistic after that about how many people were getting divorced uh, in this midlife, you know, time of life. And I thought, you know what? I loved it. I loved dating and I didn't want another woman to suffer and cry the way I did. And so that's why I wrap women in the cocoon of support when they work with me, because dating can be hard when you don't know what to do and you don't know why things are happening. Yeah, so that's how I, I got started. <laughs> I love that. And I love the cocoon of support. That sounds like something we could all use, whether it's in dating or otherwise. <laughs> Find the right kind of person who will wrap you in a cocoon of support, girls. Yeah, so, it's really important. So aside from the obvious, you know, over 50, we, I don't have to go through the litany of reasons why it's scary. And then on top of that, you know, there are very real we're in scary times, right? The world has gotten a little bit less stable. You don't know who people really are. Everybody looks great on social media. Probably they all look great on dating sites too. So what would you say just to break through the fear and put a profile? You're going to talk about the importance of what the profile looks like, but what are you going to say to somebody to, to just get them to do it if they've been wanting to meet somebody, but they're afraid of online? Well, I have found that a lot of women that just go online, it's very hard for them because they're missing a few key ingredients. And I call them the foundation pieces to dating. It's one, making sure your confidence is in place because we have this tendency to compare ourselves to when we were 20. But Men don't know what you look like at 20. They only know what they, you look like now. The other part is really understanding men. We weren't taught who these men are. And a friend and I, back in the day of sex in the original Sex in the City, yeah. uh, we were sitting there having cosmos and we were laughing, you know, and we were going, oh my God, we think we what we really want are women in men's bodies because we <laughs> wanted that sensitivity. We wanted the qualities women have, but just to the male body. We were very right about that. But what it is, is men are not women in, in men's bodies. They right. think differently. They act differently. And clients tell me that the men, once they understand how men, the male mind works, men really appreciate them so much more. They'll do anything for them. Mm. And then having a clear vision of who you want is so important because so many women they, they have a couple things that they know that they want. They usually have a litany of what they don't want, yeah. and, but not necessarily what they want. And when you, it, it, a lot of times what it is, is you're looking for your type, the same type you've always dated. But if your type worked, uh, you would be with him. <laughs> and so that's why I have women create what's called a quality man template where they get real clear on what is important to them in a man. And that's what I send them online to date. Okay. <laughs> so I do think you have to have some of those key components in to be successful because otherwise it gets really frustrating. But to go online with a good profile, if you don't feel good about yourself, 
we give off a vibration absolutely, and you're giving off this vibration of kind of like, don't come near me. I may not be worthy of you. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a subconscious thing. It's not a conscious thing. Yeah. That and makes I, sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've spoken about it on another podcast. Um, some many, many years ago, a spiritual teacher said, if you, and I know you're talking about healing, but if you don't like the relationship you had, but you change nothing, that energy attracts then the next person who is exactly like your energy that created the first one that you don't like. So you have to look at what you don't like as well as what you want. And then I would say, turn the mirror back on yourself and say, what part of that did I, because I know, I mean, I've had, I'm in my second marriage now, but you know, other relationships among the, in between, and had to realize that everywhere I go, there I am. So the things that were repeating had something to do with me. Well, it's really funny because I remember after uh, my first husband and I divorced and I went on a dating site. And back then, anybody could literally go look on the dating sites. Now you have to do some, you have to put a profile or some semblance of one up. Some make you pay before you can do anything. But back then, it wasn't like that. And so he said to me, you know, I read your profile. I go, oh, yeah, what'd you think? He said, you know, you're looking for me and someone else. And I was like, (laughs) no way. But yes, because that was my type. That was all I knew. And then I reattracted that in a relationship, a two and a half year relationship, the same issues. And then in that two year marriage. So you just, until you have that awareness of who you're attracting, and that's part of that quality man template I mentioned to you is my clients get aware of the patterns of men they're always attracted to. And they, they kind of subconsciously know they're doing that again, mm-hmm. but they see it on paper. They're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I reattracted that same guy in 10 different men, you know? And it's usually to work out um, family of origin issues. Mm. And that was, so we choose men to do that with. Interesting. You talk about, um, I was listening to somebody, Katie Couric was talking to the millionaire maker or the, whatever her name is, uh, matchmaker. And you you had written an article, the woman, <laughs> yes. Katie Couric referenced it. But in the meantime, the woman was talking about the way she pinpointed how women have to be is like, you have to let the man be the man. You have to say like, I can't take out the garbage. I can't screw in the light bulb. Do we really have to go back to Donna Reed to attract a man? No, I think we have to understand how a man is wired. Okay. So men are wired to fix. And mm-hmm. the, the disconnect is, is women have had to learn to fix them, you know, things themselves for a very long time. Because they had to. A lot of women were in survival mode. They had to learn to do it. And it's hard to give up that control many times. I can still emasculate men because I'll forget. You know, it's, and I teach it all the time because I'm really strong. I'm, I am an alpha female. So what it is, though, is it's learning to, to find a way where a man feels needed, where he can help you. For an example of this, and you may have heard me tell this story, uh, um, Margaret Manning of 60 and Me, she is amazing. Yeah. And she was on the train talking to this man, 
And she had put something up above, you know, to a suitcase or something. And they're talking about men and women and was this stuff true and how do men feel? And by the way, I think younger men are a little bit different, but they too get triggered in terms of they do want to help you. I call it the hero response where you trigger a man to want to do for you. But will you? So what happened was, is Margaret told me, you know, um, we had this whole long conversation and I'm getting ready to get off the train and I go to reach for my luggage. And he says, can I help you with that? And guess what she said? No. Yeah, that's right. She said, I can do it myself. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay. But yeah. And so we have forgotten to let men in. We don't, and, but women are tired. They don't, they're tired of doing everything. Mm-hmm. And the key is, is really to let them help. I mean, yes, they know you're strong and you can be as strong as you want to be. But if you want to do it all, you know, most women don't anymore. Then let a guy help you. That's yeah. the real, that's the real thing. You know, I think that that antiquated way of Donna Reed and, uh, you know, all those shows from back then, those women didn't have any say today you have say, mm-hmm. you know, and you should, but it's learning the language men speak in here and how to ask them so that they want to help you. Cause men really, really are wired to make you happy, but yeah. we just emasculate them all the time because we don't know we're doing it. No. <laughs> I certainly used to do that. Oh, I did in early in my marriage, the second marriage. Um, it was okay if he opened the door for me or, you know, help me put my coat on in the beginning when we were in the romance phase. But as time went on, I'm like, grab my coat off the back of the chair and forget that he really, he's an old fashioned guy that he wanted to do that. And, you know, carrying the groceries out of the store, I have this thing, I'm used to packing the bag and getting out. And he'd be saying like, can I help? Can I carry one? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. And little by little, he finally, like the message kind of finally tapped into my brain that, it's okay if he carries the bag. It doesn't make me any less, and maybe it makes him feel good. And you actually start to train men to stop giving to you when you don't mm. let them do for you. And the other problem is, is we want it done a certain way because <laughs> we actually can do it very well. You know, sometimes a lot better than a guy. And it's really, I think, letting go of that expectation that it has to be done exactly a certain way. Because if we can let them do it, they'll continue to, and you thank them and appreciate them, they'll continue to do lots for you. Mm -hmm. But if you tell them how to do it, where to do it, when to do it, why to do it, they feel controlled and they just say, I'm never going to do it good enough. So why should I even try? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the online profile. Yeah. Do, do we tend to be honest and is honesty the best policy when you're writing your profile? <laughs> so I've seen lots of things written about that. And some people think, okay, you know, lie about your age to get into the um, algorithm of the dating site. Um, men look at pictures of women of all ages, even mm-hmm. though in their profile, they might write, oh, I want a younger woman. They, li- they really and truly do look at women of all ages. And I think it's better not to lie, even though those algorithms might pass you up and hope that a guy might see you only because if you start out with a lie, you know, men might say, oh, why, you know, if you're going to lie about this, yeah. what else are you going to lie about? And some people will try and bypass the algorithm by putting a lower age and then saying in their profile, but I am actually this age. 
And I don't know. Some people say it's fine. I think you're better off starting with the truth because you want a guy that's going to like you for you, Mm -hmm. not who you're projecting to be. And that's a big problem with online dating is we we kind of project who we want to be, but it's not necessarily who we are that we're putting out there. Yeah. Which goes back to your question, is it okay to lie? But it's not that we're lying. It's just this is who we think we are. And well, and even calling. if we weren't online with writing a profile, those early dates, if you haven't been through the vetting process of an online profile, when you meet somebody and you go out for that first date, you always present the good stories first. Well, I mean, some people <laughs> tell the doom and gloom stories, but don't we tend to tell all the great stuff first? Well, we try and put our best foot forward. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's yeah, natural. I think so. But not if, you know, so let's, for example, well, why don't you give me an example of what would be an accurate way to say, um, like, I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a strong, I'm an alpha woman, or I'm the used to being, I've raised five kids and it, right? So if you build yourself up because that's who you are, is that a good thing? Um, so... Okay, let's go back to something really important about profiles that gets everything messed up to begin with. When we read a profile, we're um, reading it through our own filter. And so what happens is, is we see this guy or this girl, you know, whichever sex you are and, and, uh, and looking for, and you go, oh my God, that guy sounds amazing or that girl sounds amazing because we've taken our filter and we've made the person into someone that fits our filter and our way of looking. And then the person shows up and they're like, this person isn't who they claim to be, Mm. but that's not necessarily true. What's what it is, is we've told a story about who they are based on our filter that doesn't match the real person that showed up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we can't not really. I mean, we have our filters, our biases, our life experience, our way of seeing the world. So then I guess you just have to hope they want to meet you and then you can figure it out from there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, but the pro- that's why women get really frustrated with dating because they'll say the guy didn't show up or who he was. But really take a look at that and think, oh, did you project onto him who you wanted to thought he was versus who he really is. Mm-hmm. And that's what we often do. Does yeah. And you, you talked about that? in some other podcast, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your, um, no, no, it's fine. The, you talked about marrying or looking, seeing a man's potential. Oh we yeah. And to see potential men see what they see, right? They see us. Men do. Yeah. They, they do. And they either love you how you are or they, or they don't. And that's not a rejection of you. It's just you don't fit the picture of who they want, just like some men don't fit the picture of who you might want. You know, same thing. Yes. And yes, we do fall in love with potential. And we think that, oh, my God, this guy's great. He could be even greater if we just got in there and fixed some stuff up for them and, you know, made some some little changes. But men don't like being your pet project. So you either want to like a man for who he is or you, um, you know, or if you don't like him, move on for who he is. So let's talk about the photo. What's important in the photo for an online dating site? 
A photo. So the uh, the photo, there's a couple of things that are really important. One, you want a really good picture of you. So I've seen a lot of profile photos and they are not flattering and they are with people not smiling, people in clothing that doesn't accentuate their best of who they are. And, you know, People will say, well, will men like me if I'm overweight? Yeah, men like women of all shapes and sizes. So the real key is, is you have to like you Mm -hmm. just how you are. And that then you'll attract someone that will love you just how you are as well. Yeah. So, but you do want to show your best stuff. So no matter what weight you are, what height you are, what size you are, you know, think of what your best assets are and show them off in the photos. You don't need 5 million photos. You know, you can do a close up, a far away so they could see what you look like. And, and then if you want to add some other pictures in, fine, of things that you love to do. One of the things I don't suggest adding in is pictures of animals and pets. And even grandkids, because even though men will talk about their grandkids, I hear from men all the time. Oh, my God, if they have pictures with their grandkids and their if women have pictures with the grandkids and their pets, um, they're not going to have time for me. Mm, you know? That makes sense. So, or the relationship. And that's telling a story because that may yeah. not even be true. Men tell stories, too. Right. <laughs> uh, so. Also, don't post pictures with other people in them because it's hard for someone to tell who you are. Mm. You know, who, where are you in the picture? And mm-hmm. you don't want them comparing someone. And look nice. I mean, put some makeup on. I see a lot of people that they'll post pictures with no makeup whatsoever. And you really want to bring out your best assets. I mean, men are visual. And so you have to... You have 10, like 10 seconds to get their attention. Yeah. So do good pictures. Now, on the other hand, no selfies like men do with toilets behind you. Women hate those. (laughs) Women hate pictures of men with no shirt on. Men love that. They think they're showing off their best stuff, but women are like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) let the shirt come off later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Leave it, you know, a little to the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. I had a guy send me you know, a friend request on Facebook, but he did it through messenger. So it was, you know, I had to approve. Yeah. It was him standing in a doorway in his white little skivvies with like, yeah. I was just like block, please block. I don't, it's, even if I was looking for somebody that would not be the turn on that. I think he was hoping for. They just don't understand about that. Just yeah. like women don't understand don't necessarily make your first picture a picture when you just woke up on a camping trip. I've seen that before. <laughs> really? I'm like, oh, I've seen them all. I mean, I'll and make bet. sure you're smiling in a picture. Men are really attracted to your smile. Yeah. And, you know, just show your best self. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I'm reminded again of uh, Marie, the woman that I interviewed who had lost her husband and then met a man during COVID. And, she said of her husband who died and of the man she met, they kept saying that we all love to laugh. And when I laughed, my I would smile, right? Obviously, you're smiling if you're laughing. And then she said it was really weird. They both said, I love it when you laugh because your smile is so great. So it's, you know, to your yeah. point. Yeah. Because we might think we don't look good when we're laughing. Our mouth is open, whatever. But, you know, a smile or a laugh is engaging and sort of, you know, inviting. It is. And men like that. And uh, pictures, 
as they can make or break it if a guy contacts you, mm. you know, but the real key is this goes back to that, how you feel about yourself. That's the real key. You have to feel good about yourself. Otherwise you're giving off a vibe of back away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Before we get too much further into the um, do's and don'ts, just tell people where they can find you. Cause some people don't get to listen to a whole episode at once. Sure. Um, I have a website called findaqualityman.com. So again, that's findaqualityman.com. And on there, you can get a free gift. There's, uh, it's called the five little known secrets for finding a quality man. And the, um, it'll just help you jumpstart, like inspire you, motivate you a little bit. It gives you some different ways to find men. Women always say, where are the men? And they are everywhere. You know, you may not see them, but they are everywhere. Or you may see so, half of them now because they'll be wearing a mask. So you'll only see their eyes. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do the COVID dating, you're going to do, you could do some uh, dates like we're doing, talking here on Zoom or FaceTime or Google Duo. And you'll see someone without a mask and, and you can figure out all that on testing and all those kinds of things, but you can start with dates that are, um, you know, on video dates to start with. And it's a slower process. That's been the coolest thing I've seen during COVID is it is a process of really getting to know someone versus thinking, I don't feel chemistry. Goodbye. You know, within, (laughs) before your tea's done, your coffee's done. So it's really, you know, it's good. But anyway, so you can go again to findaqualityman.com and you can get that free gift. And there's all kinds of, you know, cool things on there that'll help you on this dating journey to make it easier for you. And it does sound like a journey. So I think of the expectations of a person. Finally, a woman or a man jumps into online dating and they think this is great. The first month they may get all kinds of, you know, activity. They go on a couple of dates nothing's happening. They give up. Is that common? Oh yeah. I've heard people say I went on five dates and didn't find them. I'm done. (laughs) And it's those foundation pieces I talked about earlier. Those are the pieces that are missing for a lot of women, as well as the support, because we usually our friends, they mean well, when we get together, we like to maybe complain about men out there that there's no good men or let's tell my horror stories about whatever happened. And what ends up happening is that gets you discouraged and that takes you down. Like share your dreams with people that are positive about dating because they can actually very much take you out of the game. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's a good point. So you said that, um, well, you mentioned flirting on another um, talk that I heard you on a podcast. And I think flirting got a bad name because there were girls in high school. I went to an all girls school and the people that flirted, I might've been one of them, were known as dirty little flirts or oh. something that was negative. But I think they were confusing it with a tease. Uh, so can you, oh, yeah. flirting is, just, it shouldn't be, te- I mean, teasing is unethical. And at this age, we probably all get that. Maybe we didn't when we were younger, but flirting's okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Because flirting makes you playful and it also shows someone you're interested. Like, 
You can flirt with a little bit of touch. You can flirt with your smile. You can flirt by doing this to your hair when you're with a guy. You're actually playing with stuff. Um, you can flirt by leaning in. You can flirt by leaning out. There's, it's really easy to do if you just let yourself feel playful. Yeah. And that's really all it is. And actually, in a relationship, it's not so bad to still have some of that playfulness. Actually, it's quite good to. Absolutely. Because we get so stuck in... Uh, again, the negativity and what's not working and the playfulness and the laughing will help you remind you what does work. Absolutely. Yeah. I try to, we try to have just fun on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. It doesn't have to be planned fun, although sometimes it is. Just one of us will be in a goofy mood and we'll start tickling or, you know, whatever it is, but it's, it just happens because A, I'm comfortable with who I am. He's comfortable with who who he is hopefully people that are going to meet somebody to date and have a relationship with will feel that early on. Oh, I can be myself here. Or I feel like he's really being himself because that's a big deal. Now, speaking of horror stories, and I don't want to dwell on some, there are those stories where a male or a female is completely not who they're saying they are. And maybe Mm -hmm. there's a money scam and maybe there, do you help, do you teach people what to look for to Mm -hmm. avoid that kind of situation? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Um, first of all, uh, if it looks too good to be true, it, it they are. It is not true. And I think what happens is, is these scammers post pictures. They're usually model pictures they've stolen or, <laughs> or other people's profiles or, you know, pictures on these, um, you know, photo stock companies. Yeah. And they put those up. Because they're very rarely with someone or they can't produce a picture of themselves with someone. It's usually one picture. But it's a little bit like in middle school or high school where if the popular kids picked you, it was like exciting. So if this really handsome guy picks you, you think, oh, my God. And you sort of get a little lost in what scammers do is they get you on the phone really quickly and they start asking a lot of questions. Uh, The truth, the original scammers, there's lots more scams now. I mean, people will be military and, you know, all these different things. Um, But they they have a a script they follow, which helps them get to know you better. So they find out what I call your Achilles tendon, your weak spots, Mm -hmm. and then they'll identify with them. And when you have somebody calling and talking to you all the time and they can say, oh, my God, yes, that happened to me, too. That's how you start falling for them. Mm. So a really good way to prevent this from happening is you want to meet someone within like two weeks of initial contact. Okay. And you don't want to have too many phone calls in the beginning, like maybe one or two. You could do a video. That's a little better. You know, you can have a couple of those as you're, as people are dating during COVID. That's a different story. Mm-hmm. But if you get on the phone with a scammer and you start telling your life stories, you're going to give your heart away because they're identifying mm-hmm. with you. And then you end up giving your money away. So, but if you say, if someone says, well, I want to come visit you, but I can't get back. Maybe COVID's here. Maybe they're in the military. Then you just say, well, when you're back in this area, <laughs> give me a call. Don't let that go on. Two, okay, good. No more than one to two shorter phone calls. And that's how you can tell. They will hook you when they're talking to you every single night. You're tired. You're vulnerable when you're tired. And having somebody identify and have a soft voice and be really kind 
and maybe you haven't had that in a while, it draws you in and you think mm. you're falling in love and you're, you're actually are with a scammer mm. and it happens a lot. And then you feel responsible and that's, they know that and that we as women can be over givers. So that's when they go in for the money. Mm-hmm. Okay. On a more positive note. Yes. <laughs> How many sites should a person attempt to be on? I'm thinking spreadsheets, five sites. What What's the norm or what's the manageable way to do it? <laughs> I tell clients two sites at a time okay. and hide, you know, because uh, sites, they, they ebb and flow. You know, some when you first go on a site, it's going to be more, you're going to get noticed more. And that's why I say hide your profile a little bit, you know, for like a day or two, if it's slowing down and seeing if that picks up. But you, when you're not on one site, you could be working on another site and just hide your profile while you're, you know, so that you're on only two sites at a time. Okay. Also, sometimes it can be hard to handle the guys contacting you, especially if it's a free site. Mm. Is there a benefit to being on a free site over a paid site? So some people think it's better to be on a paid site because people are more um, serious, but people on paid sites are also on free sites. So um, I will often say, go on a paid site and go on a free site, try them both and Mm -hmm. then figure out what you like best, but do it for the least amount of time you could do it. Because for some women, one site is like magic. And for other women, that site is not magic for them. They Mm -hmm. might have another site that's magic for them. Yeah. So you don't want to pay for six months for a site that just doesn't have men on it that uh, you would want to date. Mm-hmm. Is there any benefit to being on a niche site versus a generic site like JDate or what is the midlife hour time? Like one of those versus eHarmony or? Um, so I think that Match is a great site for people in their, well, kids use apps. Okay. (laughs) So I'm talking about people like over 50, since that's who I work with. And uh, match has been, I've had a lot of clients have success on match, but I've had clients not because in that region, it just didn't work. And that's why you have to try them out. You can't say one is better than the other. I always say try Bumble too, you know, See if there's guys in your area on it. It's uh, it's supposed to, it's done by a woman. That site was created by a woman because she wanted to keep women safe. And mm. you both have to swipe to want to get to meet each other, and then uh, the initial contact happens. So, um, and you know, it's it's really trial and error. But yes, you could go on. I've seen matches has a lot of people over fifty. Zeusk has a lot of people over 50. Okay. Uh, uh, the free sites, Plenty of Fish and OkCupid, you know, they do too. They have, and all of them have scammers. I mean, they all do. So my clients, we write a profile that usually does not attract scammers. Uh, it's very rare. Most of the time, I'd say 95% of the time, they're not getting scammers. And you want to be really careful about talking about if you're lonely or looking for a soulmate, or there's oh, like yeah. trigger things that they'll go, oh, I can, I can weave my way in there. Interesting. So soulmate is one of those phrases. That's kind of interesting. Too. And for regular guys, it's like, oh, everybody's looking for their soulmate. That's like overused. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, what even is that? What I, cool. you know, I mean, I'm very happy with my husband, but I wouldn't say, 
I have a soulmate. I was never looking for a soulmate, but that doesn't mean other people, if that resonates for people, then that's how they should feel. Just don't use it in your profile. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, I just watch what you say. I mean, the thing about saying, oh, I'm looking for my soulmate or I'm walking on the beach. uh, I want to walk on the beach or make love on the beach or whatever. They're kind of cliches. Just like when men write, oh, I want a woman that can go from jeans to a dress to go out to dinner and dress in heels. Yeah, it's like our fantasy stuff. Right, right. I want a man that looks like Mark Harmon and is as cool as he was in NCIS. (laughs) So what would you say uh, to pull this all together for women? We've talked about a lot of different things. And I know on your website, findequalityman.com, they can go get that freebie. But what would you want to leave the listeners with about this whole dating, getting back into dating? For many people at 50, they've already done it. They may have gotten frustrated or they may have gotten divorced or or somebody died. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing is is to change your mindset from, oh, my God, I have to find the one Hmm. to I want to go out and have fun meeting men. I mean, it's the first time in a long time many people are meeting men. You know, they haven't have that if they were in long marriages yeah. and go out and just have fun, get to see what it is that you like and what you don't like and, and what it is that you really want. And that's going to make a big difference for getting out there and just go out there and say, I'm just going to meet someone new and interesting versus mm. grilling someone <laughs> about what's your, how old are you? How many kids do you have? Where did you live? Is it, you know, where, where did you live in the city? You know, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah come up with some history questions like, you know, um, when you were younger, what kind of games did you like? You mm. know, what kind of movies do you like? Because what's your favorite place to travel? Uh, what kind of vacation have you been on? Of course, a lot of people haven't been on vacation recently, but yeah, still but people still. have been on vacations. And the key is, is you, sh- you have a shared history of time. And when, when people start talking about the things that they've loved in their lives, they're a lot more interesting than saying, I have two, I have two kids and four grandkids yeah. and my kids live close and I split the kids with my ex and blah, blah, blah. It's like you become, it's like a resume, you know, it's not even fun. Yeah. But if you just went out to meet someone new and interesting and you get to decide how you want it to go, instead of worrying, like as women, we go, will he like me? Will he like me? Will he like me? Say, I get to decide if this guy fits in my life or could has potential to fit in my life, whether it's as a friend or further. And, uh, or nothing, you know, a big thing I teach women is to honor themselves and to feel empowered because we can feel so disempowered in Mm. the dating world. Yeah. And disempowered by the mean girl inside saying my nose isn't my like this, my skin is wrinkly, my hair isn't perfect today. That's not going to be a good energy to meet somebody new and interesting in. Right, right. right. I mean, have some clothes that you love and feel amazing in. Like, know what those are up front. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, so that you're going on that date. Instead of worrying, well, he like me, you're, you can feel confident about yourself and you can think, oh, I can just relax and be laid back about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great fun. advice. And, and <laughs> that's you. it. That's what you say. Dating can be fun. Online dating can be fun. So yeah. let it be fun, right? Rather than yeah. let it be a drag and worrisome and something you feel like you have to do. So you're not alone. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, this has been great, Lisa. I know you've helped a lot of people. And I encourage everybody who's listening who has been resisting this idea of online dating. You probably know somebody who met somebody cool online dating. Yeah. So check Lisa's stuff out and let her wrap you in a blanket of support or whatever your phrase was. Cocoon. Cocoon of support. A cocoon of support <laughs> through the process if that's what yeah. you need. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate you. And we'll have all the links to your good stuff on the podcast page. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. And for all you out there, it is possible to find love again and even better love. I love it. That's perfect. That is the perfect way to end. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hey, before you go, peeps, I was just wondering if we are connected on social media. If not, let's do that. You can find me on Instagram at rebelwell50. Same on Twitter. Facebook, it's Rebellious Wellness Over 50. And hey, don't be a stranger. Comment. Let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously. 